0: Welcome to I Remember, a podcast about the power of reminiscing to increase your self-esteem and sense of meaning in life. I'm Eileen Fine. Through conversations with guests from the worlds of art, nature, science, and culture, I take you on a journey of these kinds of mindful moments that are unique to each of us, but experienced by all of us that have changed the course of our lives, all designed to give you a feel-good feeling and help you be mindful of your own moments of self-resilience and connection. That opportunity starts now. This is I Remember. Hey, Stephanie, thank you so
1: much for being with us today. I so appreciate your time.
2: Hi there.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, So tell us about, gosh, the incredible story of you and the moments of, of connection that have brought you from where you've been to where you are and how that has guided your life and kind of had a butterfly effect on everyone around you and what you've done with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are so many moments of connection, and I think I've become... Maybe better as I've gotten older at seeing and appreciating them. But the one that I'm going to tell you about today was um, a very difficult moment in our lives uh, when we received a diagnosis. So um, I can tell you about that now. It was 2012. It was a very happy time for my family. Uh, had a very um, healthy toddler. I was married to the love of my life, had a challenging job, and pregnant with my second child. When all of the sudden, I had pain down my left side and I couldn't breathe. And at the time, I was working for Bayer Healthcare. So, of course, you work on aspirin, you think, oh, I'm I'm having a heart attack. (laughs) And like any rational person, I packed up my son Henry's dinner and the diaper bag and my computer bag because you need that in the ER. And I drove myself to the hospital. Um, That night, I was told I was not, in fact, having a heart attack, but my lung had collapsed. And uh, they told me it was very common for tall, white, thin men. <laughs> um, you know, I was six months pregnant. Um, and, and then worse, they said, hold on, you know, we're, we're going to put a chest tube in. And, you know, grown men often throw punches and swear and cry during this procedure. And you're, you're pregnant, so we're going to have to be pretty sparing with the painkillers. Um, not great for this self-declared wimp. So I challenged myself in that moment. I challenged myself not only just to get through it, but to try to make it fun, which sounds ridiculous, and ended up being me just making fun of all of the healthcare practitioners that were there to help me. But know you what? It worked.
1: No, I think it's um, a great idea. I mean, I tell people that, I mean, I know myself when I had to go through IVF three times and I had to give myself shots all the time, oh. all the blood tests and all the everything that... You have to, uh, you know, and I teach that in breath work that your body will respond by what your mind, you know, is being told by it. So if your body is telling your mind that you're safe, no matter what it is, you can use your breath. Humor is a great way because when you belly laugh, you actually tap into that vagus nerve that switches you to your parasympathetic nervous system and allows your body to relax. So. That, you know, on you know whether you knew that or not, what you did actually helped your mind to feel safe and your body to relax, and you actually feel less pain because your muscles aren't as tight and your nerve endings relax. And you know, it's a great way to to deal with. Plus, I just think women have a higher pain threshold than men do, anyway.
2: <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have babies.
1: There'd be no people in the world. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I you know I couldn't agree more. That, but I did not know at the time
1: that, no. that
2: was what I was doing. Yeah, I, I didn't. I really didn't. But the the diagnosis that would that would follow um, really sort of clarified that for me, and and sort of our response to it afterwards. So a couple of days later, a pulmonologist came into the room. She said, "We think maybe you might have this disease called." And then I sort of tuned out. She said, "You probably have five years left." Um. And that that was a moment, right? So you start immediately thinking, what does life look like when you only have five years left? And I will admit that I went through the stages of grief very rapidly. Like we're talking maybe an hour each. Uh Uh Um, But at the end of that, I made a decision and a very clear decision that I was not going to let this take me down. That I was going to take something that others would describe as the worst thing that ever happened to them And try to make it the best thing that ever happened to me so you know fast forward a few months later my lung had collapsed four times during the pregnancy I had a chest tube during most of it which I don't recommend if you're considering chest tubes Um, my beautiful baby girl Daisy was born on December 4th and on the 7th I had lung surgery to protect one side of my lungs from from ever collapsing again and that's really where the connection came in I mean seeing the hospital rally around us, uh, protecting us, making sure that we stayed healthy. They kept my baby in the NICU just so that she could stay in the hospital with me while I recovered. Oh, that's Nurses crazy. would log her out of the baby low jack system and bring her to me so that we could bond. I mean, it was nothing short of miraculous.
0: Yeah,
1: I will say my, my daughter was in the NICU for a, a week after she was born. Those people are a special they have a calling. They are a special kind of people. Like there's just no words for what I feel, how much love they have and how hard and how smart they are (laughs) and how much they know, but how kind they are and how far they'll go. So what a wonderful thing that that you
2: had that. Absolutely. And it was just sort of a, a I don't know, a foresight to me in terms of what is possible when you acknowledge the power of love and connection and care. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, as we sort of thought about what does life look like if we only do have five years left, I started doing a lot of research. And I connected with leading scientists and doctors. I connected with other women with the disease. We call each other Lammies because the disease is known as LAM. And, um, I met another woman named Stephanie, and you know, in, in stark contrast to the other lamies I'd spoken with, who who sort of said, "Gosh, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me, and it changed my life, and I can't be the woman I want to be." Stephanie was a successful attorney with two kids, and she just, you know, effortlessly funny. And she only talked about Lamb because I asked her to. And it was so clear to me that that was the type of lammy that I was going to become. And you know, mm-hmm. I owe her and and all the positive lamies and positive people and you know, folks who have shown us love and and care and connection, I owe them my entire mindset today because it really was just a simple decision to be like her, to be that type of lamb air rare disease patient.
0: Right.
1: And, you know, it, it all feeds into what, you know, this podcast is kind of all about is that I truly believe connection is our purpose and it can just be a, you know, a small, you can, I mean, there can be connection at the Oprah level, right? Or it can be connection in just like those, the nurses and the NICU at that hospital, these people that were part of your community. Um, we, we cannot survive without each other. Uh, it's just human instinct that you, you cannot survive. And even though people think, oh, social media, and all these outlets provide connection, they, they don't. They just provide ways of staying in touch but not the the deep connection that you feel with people through through love and support love and peace and joy and all those things that help to create kind of a a cradle that keeps you in that keeps you safe that allows you space um, to to take a breath and and to move forward yeah
2: that's totally right and in fact what those moments and and those folks have done for me is is sort of helped me determine what my purpose is and it and it's everything you're talking about really um the way i think about purpose is um you know to persevere right and to help others persevere as well so i look back on what it's been like to have a rare disease now we're six years out from my five-year prognosis and i'm doing fine i'm the healthiest i've ever felt in my life um and You know, my story has been able to help others who are going through tough moments in their life, whether it's a diagnosis or, you know, a problem with a loved one or even financial hurdles, to say, look, you know, six years ago was a very different moment than now. You you are stronger than you think and you can get through things that seem insurmountable. You just have to believe that you can. And to be positive, that's sort of the second thing is, you know, how do we... How do we change our nature to see bad things and flip them into good things? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a great memory of this uh, a few weeks before, you know, ever having any sort of this, you know, health issue. My son was 18 months and he was experimenting with temper tantrums. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what happens if I do this? Right. And I remember at the time thinking, gosh, this is horrible. You know, as a mom, you, you're sort of embarrassed by it and you just don't want to have to deal with it and it's just this negative situation. And, you know, cut to a month later, he threw a temper tantrum and I, I remember thinking so clearly, oh, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing right now and, and, you know, in terms of his development. It's so simple to flip those bad things into good things and it changes your entire outlook.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get know. it. I get it. I rem- I, mean, I remember those days when um, when my daughter, when Olivia was, I thought, wh- where's my daughter? Who are you? Right. And, and where is my daughter? Um, and I kind of had the same revelation that, you know, when they're that age, they're developmentally, they still express themselves physically. They don't have words. So exactly. it makes sense. But, you know, when it's happening to you and you're in the middle of the market, Um, you know, (laughs) you also then need to make a decision that it doesn't really matter what other people think, um, that anybody that has been a parent is not going to look at you. If, you know, if anything really, that's where connection comes in, that somebody is probably either going to smile at you, like I've been there or is going to ask to help you. Um, yeah. you know, like all those wonderful Trader Joe's stories. <laughs>
2: <laughs> always see yeah. what happens at Trader Joe's, that's right. Yeah. That's, um, so that's kind of where I am. I mean, my purpose is helping people, right? So whether it's coaching them to persevere, or helping them flip bad things into good things, or helping that mom in the store whose toddler is having a meltdown, even as simply as giving her a smile. Like That's what I intend to do with my life. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's come through in very formal ways, like I've just been asked to serve on the board of directors, of the lamb foundation, and I am a certified coach and you know, a lot of stuff happening in a formal way. But, but it's actually those like micro moments, those mm-hmm. really meaningful eye contact interactions that, that do it for me.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. It's like the spaces in between, you know, it's like the exactly. little moments. Those are the things that define who we are and that give life purpose. Um, exactly. So I'm totally with you. And it's, I think it's a matter of um, just uh, slowing things down enough. So that you can see those micro moments and that you're not just rushing through everything.
2: And that you appreciate them like fully and wholly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. no, totally. Well, I so appreciate your time and it is such a pleasure to connect with you and to know you and I wish you the best of everything and I really look forward to staying in touch with you and, and hope to talk to you again. As do I. Thank you so much. Okay, you take care of yourself and love to your family. Okay, bye.
0: I'm Eileen Fine, and you have been listening to I Remember, a podcast about the power of reminiscing and mindful moments of connection. To learn more about the power of reminiscing and mindfulness to help you live your best life, visit us at thetinybalcony.com.